Winona Forever is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For more podcasts about movies and nostalgia, head on over to cageclub.me. Hi, I'm Lindsay Gibb. And I'm Rekha Tulsaram. And this is Winona Forever. So uh, this episode is our 10th episode. We made it. (laughs) We did. We made it. That's pretty great. Yeah. It feels like it all flew by. It was, yeah, we've we've been like, uh, you know. Motoring through. Yeah. Driving. (laughs) I don't know. Never mind. Driving (laughs) driving down the road. Yep. Going down the road. I don't know. It's good. We're we're already in the 90s, the early 90s. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know. It's a good place to be. I'm happy to be in the 90s. And That's I think like my that, key yeah, this movie is title. Winona's most uh, adventurous decade. Yeah, she changes it up. Yeah. Like in the 80s, she was a lot of dark brooding uh, teenagers. Yep. And now she's going all over the place. Yes. <laughs> I think anyways. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she goes in various places in the cool. 90s. I'm excited. So we're starting in 1991 with uh, Night on Earth. Jim Jarmusch film that's kind of it's one of his like uh, anthology films so it takes place in five different cities uh LA New York Paris uh Helsinki's the last one what's in between uh, oh Rome, Rome. Yeah. yeah uh and so Winona is in LA uh it's all cab drivers and their passengers and their kind of like relationship they have with each other during their drive mm-hmm. so yeah Winona's only in a fifth of this film uh you'd seen it before oh yeah I this was I think it was on the sh- this was a showcase I'm uh, pretty in sure the 90s. that's when I saw it too yeah uh and I have it on like VHS somewhere like taped off of TV but I definitely watched an online copy this time around cool um but yeah I saw it when I was quite young and I actually remember watching it like with my cousin Shalini in like the basement and just kind of going, huh. <laughs> As a teen, I didn't really know what to make of it, I think. Was it the first Jarmusch film that you'd seen? Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, that was my introduction to Jarmusch. Cool. So I was, uh, I was kind of like, I thought it was pretty cool. I obviously liked Winona's segment the best, but looking back, like watching it last night, I don't know. I mean, it's a really good segment. What, yeah. did, what did you did you like the movie? Yeah, um, I'd seen it before. Also, mm-hmm. uh, I don't remember what order I saw like Jim Jarmusch's films in. So I'm not. I don't think this was the first one I'd seen, but it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd seen it probably just once. It wasn't really fresh in my memory. I I remembered that it was like about different cab drivers, but that was about the gist. Oh, okay. So I didn't even remember what happened in Winona's segment or anything. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Would you want to talk about Winona's segment and then we can sort of like talk about the other talk a little bit about the other segments? Yeah. Um, so yeah, Winona, I loved how they emphasized how small she was throughout the whole segment. Yeah. Like she sitting on a couple phone books. I yeah, think. <laughs> she's sitting you know? on phone books. She had like she starts off with these huge sunglasses that are like way too. They're falling. Everything off her she's face. wearing is too big for her. Like, yeah, she's wearing this giant shirt, these giant pants. 
And she's in a station wagon, which I think is the biggest taxi in the whole yeah, movie. It's, <laughs> it's a really big vehicle for Winona. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's big. And she wants to be a mechanic. She's got this backwards baseball cap. And it's probably large. Chewing also. bubble gum and chain smoking. I know. That's what, one thing I kept thinking was, how disgusting does that gum taste if you're just like I was so happy when she time. takes it out and sticks it onto the, the, the door, car the door. Car. Because I was like, thank you. Because the chewing, I don't know, it really... Like after a while, I was like, "Stop chewing and smoking!" Like, because the the taste of it kind of like it was yeah. like it must have been horrible. Anyway, yeah. that was yeah, it was distracting me <laughs> as well. <laughs> the thought of what that gum tasted like. <laughs> uh, amazing. There, I think there was a lot of smoking in this. It just it obviously yeah. brought me back to like coffee and cigarettes or something. True. Like, exactly. He just loves smoking, but also it's the '90s. I think everybody was there was lots of smoking. Happening yeah, there's something everywhere. romantic about smoking on on the big screen too, or just seeing it on you know seeing movie stars smoke. I don't know. And also, it was a time when you could still smoke in like taxis. in taxi cabs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, There's lots of things that date it for the 90s. Like she gets out of the taxi at the airport and uses a payphone. Yes. And Gina Rollins, who ends up being her passenger, has the most giant she cell phone. She has a giant cell phone. <laughs> but she still has a cell phone, which is pretty impressive. And yeah. It, you know, uh, she uses it a lot. It shows her status, I guess, as yeah. like a Hollywood well, casting yeah. agent. Big, big wig. Big wig, yeah. Um, She's fancy looking too. Mm-hmm. Has lots of luggage that looks fancy. <laughs> yeah, she says, uh, I love my luggage to Winona when she's oh, Winona's right. trying to like, you know, help and put it in. it in. But she's like whipping the luggage in the back of the trunk. She's like, No, no. Be careful with that. You <laughs> yeah. Know? And she's like, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Winona calls her mom a few times, like, Okay, mom. Yeah. <laughs> <When> <laughs> she really gives funny. her advice. <laughs> yeah. Or like, Do you mind turning that off? Okay, mom. I know, she has like a boombox in the front seat next to her and that's what she's playing music on, which is pretty funny. Chris told me that the song that Winona turns on on the tape is by um, Eddie Cochran and Eddie Cochran died when he was 21 in a taxi. Whoa. It was somebody else's cover of it though, right? Matt said to me whose version it was, but I can't remember now. Because I was like, oh, uh, PJ Harvey uses some of those lyrics in one of her like newer songs. Oh. And so I was pointing that out. And then he Something said, this is the somebody. Shake. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyways, maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I thought he said a name of a band that did the song that she was playing. If only was here. Yeah, Matt. Call up Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Winona has a really good line. Um, and she tells... Uh, general and it's like men you can't live with them you can't shoot them <laughs> Gina like, Rollins is like that's too good yeah <laughs> that's true <laughs> she has a few good lines that she says to Gina Rollins and then Gina's just like yeah you could say that again or something I am what I am <laughs> I love that that was my favorite one I think yeah. I wrote that one down I think that because of that movie I say that line all the time yeah, Chris like Christ. like Popeye says, I am what I am, right? <laughs> I am what I am. Uh, that's so good. Yeah, it's a really good part for her, I think. Yeah. I think she's good. I like that, I mean, the relationship is really good. And what Chris mentioned today to me today is that they're playing, like, inverted versions of themselves. So, you know, Winona's, like, you know, the, uh, what is it? Chris, what did you say? Oh, it was from a review, I think, in Sight and Sound that um, they're kind of cast against 
you know, they're who they are. So Gina Rollins is sort of the outsider who is the big time movie mogul um, casting agent in the movie. And then you have this bankable star like Winona who plays someone who has no interest in Hollywood whatsoever. Right. So mm-hmm. it's kind of ironic casting. I didn't know that Gina Rollins was an outsider. Well, in the sense like Cassavetes, you know, yeah, kind of yeah, more yeah. indie edgy movies right. where, um, you know, Winona is probably her star is definitely rising. Right. Yeah. She'd been in moment. more like mainstream stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It, it is interesting when Gina Rollins is asking her, like, doesn't everybody want to be a movie star? Because mm-hmm. that's the idea is that Gina Rollins is this casting agent. And by the end of the ride, she's like, oh, Winona's the person I'm or not Winona, whatever the quirky. quirky. Yeah. <laughs> she's the person I've been trying to cast this whole yeah. trip I was been on. And then she asks her and Winona's like, nah. I'm I'm on the trajectory I want to be on. I yeah. want to be a mechanic and I don't want to lose my job as a yeah. taxi driver. And she's just like, doesn't everybody want to be a movie star? And it is kind of funny to watch movie stars talking about not wanting to be movie stars. Yeah, and she's just like, no, I, I know what my life is going to be. Like, this is this is good. Mm-hmm. Movie star life, that's, you know, find some other girl. There's yeah. lots of people who want to be movie stars. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. I liked it. It was funny when she was talking about like whether she wanted to like get married and have kids. They had quite the conversation in the car. But she's like, "What about a family?" And then she's like, "Yeah, I want lots of boys and stuff." And Gina Rollins is like, "What about girls? Girls are good too, I think." And it's just such a like interesting (laughs) way of putting it. And she's like, "Sure, I don't care, whatever." All that matters is if you know he loves me, right? He loves you. Yeah, that's right with something about his soul or her soul or something i'm like wow that's pretty deep <laughs> she's yeah. She, yeah she's very certain which is pretty cool yeah yeah they were a good pair i enjoyed watching them yeah it kind of reminds me of like mm, winona later will act with sigourney weaver in the late 90s but that kind of like older actress and younger actress yeah, I feel like mm, some sort of weird mother-daughter thing, too. Totally. It really works. I don't know. I think when I was reading up on Mermaids, she talks a little bit about Night on Earth, I guess, because it came after and probably she'd already worked on it by the time she was doing press for Mermaids. Yeah. And she said something about like uh, how Gina Rollins was somebody that she like looked up to as an actress. And so she was very excited to get to work with That's her. pretty cool. Yeah. Um... The version of Summertime Blues was by Blue Cheer. There we go. Thank you for finding that. <laughs> Matt would be listening to this episode going, it's Blue Cheer! <laughs> <laughs> or probably lots of other people, too. Um, I liked it that... Oh, yeah. So when she gets to the airport, she's originally driving a band. who The band was oh, yeah. called Utensil, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the person who is... The um, manager that like drags them out is one of the Heathers. Oh, yeah, it's Heather McNamara. Oh, yeah. Damn, now I have to rewatch that. Yeah, <laughs> they never show her close up. Right, she's from so a distance. Like... So like, I missed it too, even though I'd read that she was in it because she's oh, like, really I think funny. they're listed in order on IMDb. Um, Lisa and Folk. Yeah, Lisa yeah, and Folk. Lisa and Folk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but, and I totally forgot to look for her and then the movie was over and I was like, what? <laughs> Who is she? <laughs> oh, the manager. Yeah. I've never seen her in anything else. That one, uh, that Heather. Yeah. I mean, but, yeah. I don't think so either. Or maybe I have and I just didn't even know. <laughs> exactly. True. Yeah. Not r- memorable. 
Uh, <laughs> I mean, poor. I mean, her <laughs> face. I mean, her face. <laughs> I mean, wow. <laughs> so what other, of the other segments, what was your favorite? Well, I'm a sucker for Roberto Benigni. <laughs> yeah, that was a really good it segment. Was pretty amazing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's he's, clearly funny. We can't yeah, even think about it. He's frantically driving around Rome. He, he's. He, I've never seen anybody drive like that in a movie. Like, I. I wonder if he was really driving. <laughs> right. Chances are probably because it looked like he was gonna crash into something at every second, every yeah. turn, and um, and they're little streets. <laughs> and he's a. He's talking to himself. He's got his whole monologue going on. He's like, hey, you know, he's just. Uh, uh, yeah, it's it, pretty exciting. Uh-huh. And that's the smallest car. And it's so small. Yeah. <laughs> of all the taxis. So he ends up picking up, uh, well, it's not a bishop, but he th- keeps calling him a bishop. Right. He's just like a priest, I <laughs> guess. <laughs> right. And decides to like hold a confessional in his cab. Even though the priest is like, no, this is <laughs> yeah. inappropriate place for this. Don't do it. And, and he, he does it anyway. And he him. like... Con- Confesses all his, I don't know what it is. Sexual fantasies. <laughs> fantasies? Or and like things he did, things, yeah. Really sexual, perverse things he's done right. throughout yes. time. And uh, and then the priest has a heart attack uh, in the back of the cab. And because Roberto's driving like like a madman, you know, he's trying to take his pills and the pills spill. And he's, he's the guy's having, you know, he's, he's clenching onto his heart. He can't speak. He's gurgling. Eventually he dies. And, and Roberto Bonini doesn't even notice. No, no, <laughs> not for confessing. a while. After he's done his confessions, he turns around. And he's like, "Hello, <laughs> you sleeping?" Nope. Finds a little, uh, little uh, cove somewhere and sets Puts him, him up. on a park bench. Puts the sunglasses on him. Also, he's driving around at night with his sunglasses on for most of the night. <laughs> yeah. And then the priest is like, "Do you mind removing your sunglasses?" And he's like, "Oh, that." That makes things easier. (laughs) I didn't even remember I had these on. (laughs) Oh, man. He's so funny. (laughs) Good Lord. It just reminded me. uh, Have you ever seen Johnny Stacchino? It's a Roberto Benigni film. I I think it's the first thing I ever saw him in. Oh, That's maybe from the 90s. Yeah, Yeah. that's when I saw it, I think. Oh, man. He's so funny. I haven't seen I mean, I don't know what he does these days. but (laughs) He was was in a Woody Allen movie, I think, like... Eight years ago, okay. and he was in like coffee and cigarettes, but that was right. but uh, that was a while ago. And who knows like, when that was filmed? Since are that you was my mother? Like, <laughs> oh, do you know my mother? Uh, he's pretty funny. <laughs> so that was your favorite one, the Rome one. Um, I mean, it was it was quite entertaining. I think there was like I liked the New York one as well. Yeah, that was that pretty was awesome. Really good. Helmut, it can't beat him. Helmet and yo-yo. <laughs> yeah. You got helmet and yo-yo. I love that yo-yo drives, and he's just like, "Dude, I'm gonna help you find Brooklyn." <laughs> he just feels for him. Yeah, that relationship is so good. It is a good relationship. It's Giancarlo Esposito as yo-yo, and uh, it's just so funny that he's like, yeah, "My name's Yo-Yo." After yeah. making fun of him for being named Helmet, I know. And, they, <laughs> and then he's like, "They both yo-yo. find each other names so so absurd." Like they yeah. just like. Oh. And they have the same hat. <laughs> yeah, and he's adamant that it's not the same hat. <laughs> and then yeah. comes Rosie Perez, yeah. which, oh, she's brilliant. That, she's her character um, there, she's like, fuck you! you know? <laughs> Just like, ah, another good impression. <laughs> my, my favorite is is her laugh after Helmut 
plays the um the flutes or whatever oh, the yeah. way she laughs is just like looks so authentically hysterical <laughs> and then my second favorite is when um and i i haven't seen it as recently as you guys but yo-yo says like it's like here we are it's brooklyn and she's like it's a dump and <laughs> it's like it's our home <laughs> something like that i can't remember yeah. i'm probably miss, miss right. remembering it but there's That's... something sweet about the end when they actually get home and it's kind of like looks kind of like a crummy part of brooklyn and mm-hmm. he's just he's like i don't know nostalgic about it i think i like the paris one maybe it's mm, one of my favorites that's good too i mean there it is it's a good movie because yeah. like, like each segment has a have it has like a bit of charm to it and and they're really different from each other. Very, it's not very always different. The like same. I felt Helsinki was so sad. Yeah. And like such a tragic way to end almost, but kind of nice. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, the sun is rising and it's the end of the night. Yeah. Right. And they're all taking place in the winter on the same like hour or something yeah. like that um, in different places. And I think Helsinki is the only one that like really looks wintry. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I guess New York, you can tell it's cold because Yo-Yo's standing out and just like, come on, pick me yeah, up. He, yeah, he's, he yeah. seems pretty cold in his sneakers. Yeah, they keep showing his sneakers. <laughs> when I re-watched it, I noticed that it's it says like right at the top, it says JVC Presents. And I'm like, wow, it's like presented by like a tape company. I'm sure <laughs> JVC was other things, but it just makes me think of cassette tapes. Yeah. Um, it's interesting what companies have come and gone over the years. <laughs> anyway. I read somewhere that somebody called Jim Jarmusch uh, a poet of the night. Mm. And like talking yeah. about how night on earth, like he, like even like mystery train or whatever, like they just like, he can tell stories at nighttime that like are kind of almost true to the night. Like, you know, late at night in a taxi cab is a good time to t- tell a story because people are more kind of confessional Mm-hmm. you know maybe they're a little tipsy so they reveal more yeah. or whatever but like it's still so that was kind of cool yeah like in the helsinki one they're they're like very drunk but they're also like they're very belligerent in the beginning and then they're like the most emotional because mm-hmm. like i guess they just it's easy for them to move from one to the other because they're a bit drunk mm-hmm. uh i guess one thing to mention is that tom waits does the whole score for this yes which was you know a great way to and start like a movie with some boom, good Tom Waits. Boom, 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 <laughs> yes. And then it's just like Tom Waits going. It's pretty good. So good. And that beat kind of keeps on with the theme of the whole movie. It's like boom, 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 onto mm-hmm. the next. It's pretty good. Yeah, it almost feels like it's the same song throughout, but I'm sure there's more to it than that. I was, I, like, Yeah, maybe. I watched, like I got the DVD from Eyesore video and... Uh, so there were special features, and one of them was like a bunch of inter or not interviews. It was like a Q and A with Jim Jarmusch, where I guess people had like emailed him questions or something because he kept saying like this person from Toronto, Canada asked wow. this and like different places. <laughs> and I think someone asked about if like how they did the score, and it sounded like he was like with Tom Waits as he was like writing the songs for it and stuff. Oh. So yeah, I can see that. Uh, he's he seems to be friends with he's like friends with Tom Waits, right? Probably. Yeah, he's been in other. Things. They seem like buddies. Yeah. That's a very Jarmusch thing to have one, you know, person he likes do score a movie. I think uh, Dead Man was done by uh, Neil Young. Neil Young, yeah. Mm. And there's probably other examples. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> probably. Yeah, I mean, he seems like someone who's super into music as well. Tom <laughs> Waits is a good segue into our next episode because he's 
Renfield in the next movie, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Dracul. And also, we know that Winona Ryder likes Tom Waits because there's lots of iconic photos of her wearing Tom, Tom Waits, Waits t-shirts. <laughs> So. I've read like articles or she talks about Tom Waits going to Tom Waits concerts. She's always, yeah, she's a, her and Tom Waits. That's the one person I want to see in concert. Like, I, yeah, he's fair. one of the last ones that Does I have seen. Is he still tour? Is he touring? No, no. Oh, I, I wish I remembered what year he Did was last like here. It was a very long time ago. It was like 97 or, oh. you know, I don't know. It could have been later than that, but it was around then. And I didn't go. And he's never come back. <laughs> Did you ever hear uh, Scar Joe's cover, Tom Waits' cover Yes, album? yeah, I did. I like the Falling Down song. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was yeah. going to be. I thought, like, there's no way she can pull this off. But, but if you have, like, David okay. Bowie produce it, then you can't, right. you can't really go wrong. <laughs> right. <laughs> cool. Well, okay. next is uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, then. Cool. Cheerio. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Winona Forever is part of the Cage Club Podcast Network. Episodes produced by Chris Landry. Music by No Refunds. Hosted by Lindsay Gibb and Rekka Tulsaran. Contact Rekka and Lindsay at winona at cageclub.me.